we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Do you hear the sound of chains falling? Do you hear the sound of victory? Do you hear God moving in your heart saying, I want you to be free? I am, I don't know, I, I'm troubled so many times when I've, I've I see people who are supposed to be children of God. They're supposed to be living a life of freedom, of joy. But they're bound up by all kinds of stuff that just constantly drags them down. When Jesus set us free, folks, he set us free from the worry of punishment but he also gave us joy. <laughs> he also gave us, gave us life in it more abundantly. I just want everybody that would just close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to think about what God has set you free from. Or maybe you're thinking about what he needs to set you free from. But I just want you to give a moment to think about that. To think about where you've been and what he's brought you through. Just for a moment, what's passed in the rearview mirror <laughs> that once held you captive, that once drug you back into a dark place, but now because of Jesus, you have been set free. You are no longer a prisoner of those things, but you have been set free by the power of the one who loves you. And when you, when you think about that enough, you've got a reason to praise God like nobody else. You've got a reason. Amen? I, I want you to think about the times when you thought there, it, it's never going to get any better. It's never, it's, there's never going to be any more happiness in my life. There's not going to be any more joy in my life. But today you stand here and you can say, I have the joy of Jesus in my life. I have the hope of Jesus in my heart. I have the hope of a better life now, not just eternal life at the end. Because of Jesus. He has set us free. Oh, can we just praise Him in our own way right now? Can we just give Him thanks in our own way? Amen. 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 You can be seated if you can. I want to share just with you real quickly uh, just a few announcements because we need to uh, make sure everybody knows what's going on. Today, Join the Journey begins. That's the name of our membership class. And those of you that are planning on coming to that class, if, you're not, if you haven't planned and you say, hey, we want to come, that's all right. We'll, we'll make room for you. But those of you that are planning to be involved in our class today, that begins at 4 p.m. And right now we're looking at the gym. Uh, because that gives us a plenty of room to space out. I think there's at least 25 th uh, that are taking that class. So if you're going to take that class uh, in the gym with Jim. So. Huh? Yes, you actually will need a Bible. Okay. We use that here. So anyway. Um, but yes, bring your Bible. Bring, bring a pen. Be ready to go. We've got you. Uh, we've got your book, so you'll be ready to go. All right. Um, also, let's remember Fearless, 7 p.m. 
tomorrow night for our ladies, and then Man Cave, 630, uh, Tuesday night here at the church. Um, I am excited about what God's getting ready to do, church. I'm excited about where he's carrying us in this particular series of messages that we, we uh, the Lord's led us to. And last week we began a series called Drive, uh, or Driven. Well, this week we're going to talk about being driven again. Uh, this, this is called what, the, what Drives You, what, 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 what is Your Motivation in Life, What is Pushing You. Um, and so as we look at this, I want to go to our anchor verse and share it real quickly. Mark 1.12 says, The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. Now for those of you that, that uh, may not read the Bible a lot, doesn't mean that uh, you know, the, the Holy Spirit jumped in a chariot and drove Jesus out to the wilderness. It means he was compelled and pushed to a, a wilderness place by the Spirit. Immediately after he had been baptized, immediately after he had been uh, uh, been uh, honored by the Father, and the Holy Spirit descended uh, on him like a dove, and the Bible says, and remained upon him, uh, and, and there's some powerful stuff in that itself, but it says that immediately the Spirit, the first thing the Holy Spirit does is take him into a desert place, a wilderness place, and, and again, all the times we always think of the Holy Spirit's going to take us into to, you know, a shouting place, or he's going to take us into a happy place. Sometimes we've got to go to a wilderness place before we'll ever experience the joy that God truly has for us. And 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 again, there is a purpose in everything that God does. So he he drove uh, Jesus out into the wilderness after his baptism, and there he was tempted of the enemy. We know that, and he overcame that temptation so that you and I might overcome that temptation. But the focus that I want us to have during this series is. Who's in the driver's seat of our lives? Who is who is who is moving us? And, and what is compelling us through through our day? What is our our our, our motives and and uh, driven by? And we're going to talk about that into some into some detail. So well, we're going to look into Romans chapter eight today, and we're going to go into verses five through ten. And kind of break that down, um, but again, we we ser- it seriously comes. To, we need to seriously come to grips with what is driving us. Why? Why? What has? Will, what will the next generation say of us if the Lord tarries that long? Will they say that we were uh, driven of our own desires, or were we driven of the Holy Spirit? I hope that Harvest can say that we were driven of the Holy Spirit. That we didn't just do things to cater to people. We 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 were we listened to the Holy Spirit. We responded to what he was saying in this hour. Romans 8 verses 5 through 10 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the, on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's laws, or God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the spirit in fact uh, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him but if Christ is in you I want you to hear this although the body is dead because of sin the spirit is life because of righteousness that word righteousness simply means because of obedience 
Because of obedience, we are alive. And, and look, the Bible says he would rather have our obedience than our sacrifice. I know a lot of Christians that think that they're gaining points by how much they can sacrifice. It is not about how much you can sacrifice. It is your obedience to God. And your obedience to God can be as simple as a phone call to somebody, a text message. Um, a, a group of our men gathered and helped out somebody this week uh, that was in need. That is being driven of the Holy Spirit. That is being motivated by the Holy Spirit and, and what was wonderful is that, that uh, you know we, we didn't have to beg for help, help just said hey it's here, I, 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 we want to be driven of the Spirit we want to be driven of the Holy Spirit, in other words let's make, uh, make sure we watch what this scripture is telling us today, let's, let's be careful that we look uh, into what is being shared by the Apostle Paul today we will be driven by one or two things. He's very plain with that through this passage of Scripture in Romans. He's saying you're going to be driven by one of two things. You're either going to be driven uh, by your sinful nature or you will be driven by the Holy Spirit. Amen? One or two things is going to drive you. There's not going to be a third thing driving you. It's going to be either your sinful nature, which everybody in this room was born with a sinful nature. The big fancy theological word there, or phrase there, is the Adamic nature. The nature of Adam. Because of the sins of Adam, we are all in this room born into sin. Amen? Now, uh, we're not going to get into uh, when you become accountable with that. I believe the age of, account of accountability is 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 a maturity level. Amen. I don't think it's a particular age because I think it's a maturity level where you reach a place where you know you are sinning against God. You know what you're doing is wrong, okay? That, that is accountability. That's when you really recognize that. In, in, in other words, uh, I, I, I believe that that's different for everybody based on maturity, based on where they're at. Now, if you're sitting here as an adult, you are at an age of accountability by now, okay? You know right from wrong. You know what you're doing. As a teenager, you pretty much know right and wrong, amen? Uh, you, you know. Why? Because we sin against our conscience. We sin against those things that were naturally written into us by our Creator. In other words, if you travel in missions to foreign countries and, and, and isolated primitive tribes, you realize most of their primitive laws will be the basic Ten Commandments of the Bible. They, they know it's wrong to kill. They know it's wrong to steal. They know it's wrong to sleep with uh, your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's husband. They know that is wrong in their tribe. And so they, they have a basic moral law that was put in all of us at creation. However, we can't live by that because that becomes corrupt. That becomes tampered with by life itself. And all of us, amen, for the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we go beyond the Adamic nature, which is what we're born into this world with, that sinful nature, and we do what? We begin to do those sins of commission. In other words, I know it's wrong, but I really want to do it. Okay, I know it's wrong, but I'm really going to go ahead anyway. I know that God's against it, but I'm going to really, uh, you know, I really want to please myself. So you're in this room today, and we seriously need to, to, to see and, and, and talk about what drives us, what controls us today. What's controlling you today? What's motivating you today? I think we need to ask ourselves three basic honest questions, and that's what we're going to go through today based on the Scripture. Number one, what dominates your thoughts? 
What dominates your thoughts every day? Verses 5 through 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, they are controlled by it. Okay, They're driven by the flesh. For those, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So if I'm driven of the Spirit, I'm going to be controlled by the things of the Spirit. If I'm driven of a sinful nature or flesh, I'm going to be controlled by those thoughts. Okay, Those who want to do wrong, they seek out out how to do wrong. They seek out how to, to please the flesh. Come on. And, and, and how many of us, when we were in sin, we found a way to do, keep on sinning? Okay, some of us found some very creative ways to keep on sinning. Amen. We get more creative as we go. All right. So what controls us? What dominates your thoughts? What is, what is in your mind? For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind, verse 6, uh, a mind on the Spirit is life and peace. The, Spirit is clear, the Scripture is pretty clear here what the difference uh, is in following Jesus and following the flesh. In other words, Jesus' followers, there is a transformation that is supposed to take place. Amen. There is a change that is supposed to take place when I come to the cross of Calvary. If I come to the cross of Calvary and I get up and I don't have a change in my life, I didn't really give my life to Jesus. I just prayed till I felt better. Anybody ever prayed till they felt better but then went back to doing what made them feel bad in the first place? Come on. Am I, the, I mean, about four of us in the room. Okay, have you ever done that? You, you prayed, okay, God, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want this guilt anymore. I don't want this condemnation anymore. I pray till I feel better. Old timers called it, you pray till you feel better, but you didn't ever pray through. All right, and what they meant is you didn't ever pray through till you got victory over that. In other words, you picked it back up, you went right back out the door, you felt better for a few days, but then you picked up that familiar sin and you kept on doing it because it brought pleasure to you, it brought satisfaction to you. And I'm here to tell you when you truly experience Jesus, you can experience Him in a way where you find no pleasure in it anymore where you find no peace in it anymore. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In other words, if we have come to Christ and we are really abiding in Christ, I don't want to live the way I used to live because I realize I am putting myself back in the chains and slavery that kept me held down in my life. But when I am a new creation in Christ, I'm going to act brand new. Okay? Let me tell you the difference. Um, now, you may have never had a brand new car, but you need, if you ever had a newer car, come on, a new car to you, how many of you are a little particular about it? Okay? You brought, okay, let's just do it this way. Think of, the, of your dream vehicle. Okay? Your dream vehicle. And think of it being all, you know, brand spanking new, and your dream vehicle may be like mine, which would be a 69 uh, uh, Corvette or a 69 a, a Camaro, something like that, restored back to its original state. So that, that would be awesome. Now, if anybody's looking for pastor's appreciation gifts, okay, there's you a hint. Okay, but anyway, so, and, and I'm not going to accept Hot Wheels. Okay, anyway, somebody did me that way once. So again, just think of your dream vehicle. I want you to think about it, and I want you to think about brand new, and I want you to think about you going and, and uh, picking somebody up, and they have a greasy cheeseburger and a greasy set of fries, and they have a big, thick milkshake, and they sit down in the seat beside you, and they're wiping their hands on the dash. They're, they're you know, what are you going to do? 
How many of us, God changes our vehicle, he refurbishes it at the cross, but yet we allow something else to drive it besides the Spirit? We allow something, and that's the other thing. How many of you are going to be willing just to turn your keys over? Now, some of you may be that way, but how many of you are ready to just throw those keys of that dream vehicle to somebody and say, hey, have at it? But how many times does God do a remodel on our lives and we throw the keys to the flesh? We throw the keys to our sinful nature and we say, okay, God's made me new again, but guess what? Go out here and wreck me. I don't care. Go Take me back to what wrecked me in the first place. Take, take me back to what trashed my life in the first place. Folks, somewhere in our experience with God, we've got to realize that when he saves us, we no longer are in the driver's seat, but the Spirit of God has to be in the driver's seat. And I'm here to tell you where he's going to take you it's going to ultimately be a good destination even though he may take a trip through the wilderness to get you there eventually he is going to take you to a destination where you're going to see the glory of God and the power of God and the deliverance of God in your family and in your friends and in your community eventually he'll get you where he needs to take you Amen. But if we don't, if we're not careful, we will exchange him driving our lives for the flesh. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this, this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing, by testing, I want you to take note of that, you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, he's saying, listen, uh, if I, I, that I've, you've got to know that it is God. God that is in control. Don't be conformed to the way the world thinks. There are too many Christians that are being sucked in by the political schemes of this world, by the, the, the satanic moves of, that are in this world. They're buying into everything. Last night I'm in my study and a pastor calls me and, and they're frantic about this law that's about to be passed and that law's about to be passed and I'm listening to them and they say, you don't even act like you're, you care. I said, because I don't. Because I was studying for you and I remembered what the Lord was saying to me. I said, no, I don't care because I know who's ultimately in the driver's seat. I know who's ultimately in control of all things. So no, I don't really care because God, even though he may carry us into the wilderness, he's got victory on the other side where Satan will flee and the victory and the power of heaven will be felt. Amen. Folks, that is ultimately where I want the church to find ourselves. I've found that we will become those things that we are driven or we dwell on. Amen? Ever heard the terminology, you are what you eat? Okay, that was big when I was a kid. You are what you eat, what you put in. There's, a, there's still a computer phrase that says garbage in, garbage out. If you don't put the right stuff in when you're programming something, you're not going to get the right results. I've got news for you. When we are a child of God, if we don't start filling ourselves with the right things, then we are not going to get the right results. I'm going to say that again. If you don't start filling your life with the good things of God, you're not going to get the joy and the peace and the love and the longs. You're not going to see the fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned in Galatians happening in your life if you don't fill your life with the good things. So how do we allow the Holy Spirit to drive us or, or to control how we think? Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, okay? Paul said, I'm going to include everybody, brothers and sisters. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, he says, if you really want the Spirit to drive your life, you got to 
get rid of your stinking thinking. You got to get a hold of something good and real in your life. And I'm here to tell you, some of us need to get reprogrammed. Turn off Fox News and turn on the Word of God in your life. And I'm going to tell you, something great might happen in the way you think. Amen. Amen. I love all kinds of music. I love secular music. I love Christian music. I love praise and worship music. I like all of it. If I sit here and told you I didn't, I would be lying to you. But I am an old, old 80s rock guy, okay? And, and uh, that, that's where I anchor. But guess what? When I need to get my thinking right, I change the channel. I don't, I don't dwell on things of the past. I dwell on, on what the Lord has for me. I dwell on the goodness of the Lord. I want you to know today, some of us, we need to make some changes in our life. If you're battling depression, you need to get rid of the depression and start putting God forward in your life. Who's driving your vehicle? Who's driving your life, your life today? In other words, Paul said, if you're going to find anything excellent or praiseworthy, you got to think about the things that are, what, true, noble, uh, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Amen? What, what are those things? I'm going to tell you, I've never found those things in the world that were lasting. I've always found them within the body of Christ. Amen. I've never found lasting, admirable things out there. There's things I've, how many of you have ever admired something and then it, it, it fall apart out in this world, okay? Things will decay that are of this world, but the things of God will last. Now, number two question I want to ask you today is what dictates your behavior? What dictates your behavior? Verses 7 through 9 says this of Romans 8. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. He is not beating around the bush here. He's saying if you are, are caught in a sinful nature, if, the, if, if your flesh, if, if, if you are trying to drive your car, if you're trying to drive your life, if you're trying to drive your destiny or somebody else of the flesh or your sinful behaviors are trying, you are going to act out what you think and dwell on. Your behavior is going to, be, going to reflect that. So what is he saying? He's saying, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God, or to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are allowing their, their flesh or sinful nature to drive their life, they're not going to please. There's no way you can please God and please the flesh at the same time. You can't do it. You can't do it. He goes on, he says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. In, if, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. If the Spirit is in control of us, it is driving us, then we will live a life of strong obedience. If God is in control, I'm going to want to do what pleases Him. Amen. Now, I want you to think about somebody that's significant in your life, whether that's a romantic relationship or whether that is uh, just a close friendship. Um, do you want to do things to make them happy? Amen. If you love somebody, do you want to please them? Come on. All right? How many of you want to please somebody you love? All right? I, I have bought this lady roses every Valentine's Day since the day we, since we started dating. All right? So, but I also know the reaction that I'm going to get on the phone. And then I'm going to get, oh, they're pretty. But I'm going to get, you shouldn't have spent the money. You didn't need to do that. You don't know, no, no, no. And then it's like, oh, they're pretty. All right? She does that every time. 
And so I'll tell the kids, I'll say, here's what your mom's reaction is going to be when she gets her roses. And it is. Okay? But why do I do it? I don't do it out of tradition. I do it because I want to let her know I haven't forgotten what our first love started like. Amen? I want to remind her that, that she's still my number one. That she's still the one that, that you know, gives me a quiver in my liver. Uh, some of y'all would wake up at that one. I still want her, I want her to know what she means to me in my life. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm going to tell you, why does the Lord say, do your first works over? Sometimes we need to back up and punt. Sometimes we need to realize what's driving us is not the Spirit of God, but it's our own desires to carry out on our, our own life and live our life our way and then let God just let us in heaven one day. But I'm here to tell you, I don't want him just to let me into heaven one day. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How about you? I want, him to, I want to hear his words. I want to hear his applause of, Phil, you followed me and you allowed my spirit to drive your life. Are you driven of the Lord today? In other words, what dictates your behavior, your thoughts, will, or your mindset will dictate your behavior. If the Spirit is in control of us, we want to obey Him. That means we obey the Word of God. It should be our number one priority. 1 Peter 1.14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. What is Peter saying? He's saying, look, as you have become saved and as you have been filled with the Spirit and now you are driven of the Spirit, don't get entangled is another translation of that verse with the past. Don't let the things of the past drag you back to that place you once were. You are a new creation with a new driver. Let him drive you away from those things. Let him carry you away from those things. Don't, don't look. Again, don't let those things entangle you. God's word must be priority in order for that to happen. In other words, he says, as obedient children. In other words, the Word of God needs to become more than just a book to us. It needs to become our roadmap. We'll get there in a moment. That also means that we, do not, we obey the leading of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in control of our destination. Can we say that with all of our hearts? Are we trusting that He knows what He's doing and where He's going even when we don't? I do. How about you? Do we truly trust when we see detours and oh yeah, all these other things that God knows where he's, he, he's taking us? Uh, let me just put it this way. How many of you have ever trusted in a GPS to get you somewhere and it finally got you there, but then you pull out a map and you realize, man, I could have been there a lot quicker had I went this way. I saw something that is really a, 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 a um, antique the other day in a store, and I couldn't believe I actually saw it. And it was a stack of road atlases for sale. I almost bought one just because I haven't seen them in stores in so long. I, I, I'm telling you now, if I pulled out a road map and gave it to most people today, they'd be lost. What do you mean? I'll just tell my phone. And my phone will get me there. You know what? I don't know how many times that I, you know, I used, anybody ever have the Garmin's when they first came out? I got one of those, and I like that Garmin, but then I began to realize when I would be going to a familiar place, it's taken me way out of my way to get to my destination. I've got news for you. God can be trusted with where he's carrying you, and he has given you a road atlas that's called the Word of God. 
He's given you a clear map of how to get to heaven, folks. He's given me a clear map of how to live a joyful life in this earth. But guess what? I have to embrace it. I have to read it. I have to begin to understand it. In other words, when, the, when you discover you could have gotten there a whole lot quicker if you'd have trusted in the roadmap instead of trusting in some other source of direction, what are you saying, Pastor? You need to remember he's the driver, he's the navigator, he is our vehicle in which he carries us everywhere we need to go. He is our everything, in other words, A to Z, Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus is who we need to get us to our final destination. We need to be driven of the Spirit. Psalms 119.60 says, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. At all times, obey the Lord and let Him deal with the consequences of your obedience. In other words, God, and when it says consequences of obedience, He's saying simply this, let me deal with your life and if you obey me, I've got some good things. There's good consequences to your, your right actions. Amen? I have never experienced negative things from the Lord for doing the right thing. Amen? Now, I've, I have received negative responses of people before. Let me tell you a little story real quick. Um, my buddy Jeff Jones called me. His wife is a graphic artist, and so she has a very expensive laptop. They saved and they scraped because she has a side business, and she also teaches graphic design in, high, in a high school there in Nashville. And so Kimmy has her computer, and she's got a lot of jobs going on the side as well as her teaching job because she runs a graphic co design company. And this laptop's around three, three grand. And it's not that old, okay? So they have a brand new Labradoodle, more lab than doodle, as he says. So it's very hyper, okay? It's, very, it's just a pup. And, but it's a puppy that's big and a puppy now, okay? So it's not even a year old. And so she gets up from the table from working for a while, and she leaves her Coke Zero sitting there uh, on, on, next to the laptop. The dog decides it wants to jump up on the table, and it jumps up with its paws, knocks the Coke over on her brand-new laptop, not just a few months old, okay? Immediately, it's fried, Okay, Apple Care doesn't take care of it. That's assuring, isn't it? And so she goes to Best Buy and she takes it to Best Buy. Best Buy says, look, we can't fix it. We're going to have to ship it back to Apple. And so the guy from Apple calls and, and tells... Um, uh, tells Jeff, number one, he said, uh, I see where you wrote down that they, the reason for the damage was an act of, God, uh, an act of dog. Not God. He said, yes, it was an act of dog. And so he goes on to tell this guy. The guy tells him, says, look, I'm, I usually just pay, we usually just pay $1,000 so, because it is covered somewhat. We only, we, we'll give you 1000 He said, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you $2,000. Okay? And so what I'm getting at is my friend Jeff had just acted previously to this on something the Holy Spirit told him to do that was very difficult and it was reaching to someone that he was, had been wronged by. Jeff hadn't wronged them, they had wronged him. I hate when God makes me apologize for things I didn't do. How about you? But he said, I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with it. He said, so I finally obeyed and so I, I, I reached out to this person and told them, you know, uh, what I needed to, and he said, never got a response back, but I felt clear in my conscience that I had obeyed the Lord. We're talking about be dr being driven of the Spirit. Look, his flesh didn't want to do it. How many of you, our flesh don't want to say 
reach out to certain people that, how about you? Come on. I live life just like you live life. But he, the Lord told him to do it. So he went ahead and acted on it. No response out of this person. Okay, so number one, this is just a few days later. They get a call. Okay, $2,000. Look, this is a way of livelihood for this family as well. Okay, so $2,000, and then Kimmy gets a check in the mail that same day for $1,000 from, from some people she's doing work for, and they said, we don't know why, but we just felt like we needed to go ahead and advance you $1,000. So not, it gets better. So here's the money for the new laptop she needs to do the work that she needs to do. And all of a sudden, what happens? It gets better. They said, well, we can, she calls Apple and says, hey, I need to order this. They said, it's going to be four to six weeks unless you're near some store in Kentucky. Well, Jeff had taken their 10-year-old son to see Toby Mac in Louisville, Kentucky, and was driving near that town when she called him. So she already has it. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying I don't think that's all coincidence. I think that act of obedience on his part brought about a blessing of consequences. Amen? God brought some good things to pass because he allowed God to drive are we allowing God to drive are we allowing God to bring us to a place of good consequences number three and this is the last thing I want to share, share with you what demonstrates my priorities in other words what, what, how, what, what shows where my priorities are Romans 8.10 says but if Christ is in you although the body is dead because of sin the spirit is life because of righteousness it is a battle between earthly and eternal things you need to understand that that we are in a tug of war we, you know if you ever loved the Looney Tunes you remember the little you know angel on one shoulder and devil on the other telling Bugs Bunny what he should do and what he shouldn't do I'm telling you, we are in a tug of war every day in our minds to do what is right and to do what is fleshly or wrong. But the Spirit, when He is in control, will never drive us towards the flesh, but will always drive us towards the Spirit, away from those things where God wants us to be. And our priorities will be demonstrated through this. When earthly priorities dominate us, the sinful nature will be winning and driving us. But when eternal priorities dominate us the spirit is winning and driving us towards the eternal things of God what is important to consider here is what drives you what upsets you and what moves you second Corinthians 418 simply says it this way so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal all right, I am going to fix my eyes. I'm going to let God fix my destination on that which I don't see. Look, everybody wants a quick answer. Amen. Everybody wants a quick answer for their problem. Everybody wants a quick solution. But sometimes that solution does not come immediately. Sometimes God drives us into the wilderness where our faith goes through a meat grinder. But my friend, when the devil departed from Jesus, the Bible says angels came and ministered to him. Well, my friend, today I want to assure you of one thing, that though the angels won't come, the Holy Spirit will minister to you once you have went through through a testing of your faith. And I'm here to tell you, don't get nervous about that test because we have the answers. And if we'll study it, we'll know that God is in control. God is in control. So what is driving you today? What is in control of where 
you are headed in your direction. Told you I was an old 80s person, so I'm going to read you the lyrics of a song. And this is not a Christian song, so don't go Google it on Christian genre. This is why the cars. <laughs> song's called Drive. But, oh, I've heard this song for years. I never really listened to the lyrics, so I want to invite you to journey into the lyrics. Who's going to tell you when it's too late? Who's going to determine when it's too late to say the apology? Who's going to tell you when it's too late? Are you going to allow the flesh to do that or the spirit? Who's going to tell you things aren't so great? Are you listening to the flesh that's saying things are not going to get better, things are just going to get worse, things are going to do this and things are going to do that, the government's going to do this and the government's going to do that? Or are you listening to the Holy Spirit which says, don't worry about those things, you just keep focusing on me? You can't go on thinking nothing's wrong. If we are in the flesh, we will entertain that we're okay when we're not. But when we are walking in the Spirit, He will always bring to light the things that are not like God. Who's going to drive you home tonight? Who's going to, leave, who's going to drive you today? Who's going to pick you up when you fall? I want you to think about that in spiritual terms. Who's going to pick you up when you fall? It's, I have never been in the middle of the flesh and had the flesh pick me up. So, you know, I've never been indulging in sin and had sin lift me up. But I've always had the Lord lift me up. When I'm walking in the Spirit and I stumble, He's always been there to pick me up. But I've never seen the devil offer a hand. Are you following what I'm getting at today? Who's going to hang it up when you call? Who's going to pay attention to your dreams? Do you think for one minute the devil cares about your dreams, your hopes, your plans, your future? He does not. Who's going to plug your ears when you scream? I thought about leaving that out, but I think about how many times anybody here just want to scream sometimes. <laughs> Come on. You just want to just scream at this world. You want to scream at what's going on. And you think, I would feel better. I got news for you. God's tough enough and strong enough to take it. Share it with him. Share it with him. You can't go on thinking nothing's wrong. Who's going to drive you home tonight? Who's going to hold you down when you shake? <laughs> Who's going to be around when you break? Come on, folks. Is the flesh going to be around when you break? No, it's just going to keep on piling it on. Is, the, is, the, is sin going to help you out? No, it's going to keep on piling it on. But I'm here to tell you, when we give our lives fully over to the Spirit of the Lord, even in the breaking, God is performing a miracle. Amen? Even when I am broken, I am gracefully broken by the hands of one who is releasing a miracle in my life. You can't go on thinking nothing's wrong. Who's going to drive you home tonight? Who's going to drive us in our lives, church? Who's going to carry us from this point in our experience with God? 
If Harvest is going to accomplish any fraction of what we've set out to vision-wise, it's not going to be Pastor Phil that gets us there, a board of directors, or a church conference. Or uh, It is going to be the being driven of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be being led of the Holy Spirit to get to our destination. And I'm not just talking about a building. I'm talking things spiritually. Amen? Will you stand? For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Those who set their minds on the things of the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is peace, life and peace. There is too much chaos in this world for the body of Christ to allow it to be chaotic in us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When's the last time you really laughed? When's the last time, I'm, you know, <laughs> the Bible says laughter does good like a medicine. I expect the world to be the world right now. Come on. I expect the, the non-believers to be hopeless right now. But what I don't think God expects is the church to be trembling in fear right now, in doubt right now, scared to death about what tomorrow holds when he says, don't you know I hold it? I hold all your tomorrows. I hold your destiny. And I have your destination locked in, Phil. I've got your destination locked in. Insert your name. <laughs> all you have to do is move over and let me drive. And I will lead you where only I can lead you. And I will take you where you never dreamed you could possibly go. When I am driving your life. If we are not a people driven of the Spirit, then all we're going to do is do circles. Now you may be a huge NASCAR fan. I have not ever got into it except when there's wrecks. Okay? And I've had people say to me, oh, I'll watch it for the wrecks. Well, what if there's never a wreck? I've wasted four years of my life. I'll never get back. Or four hours of my life. I'll never get back. Feels like four years. Left turn, left turn, left turn. You may love NASCAR, and that's okay. Uh, you know, I just never have got into it. But I'm afraid the church is caught on a track, and we're just been going in circles. Come on, I'm talking about worldwide. We've just been going in circles and going in circles and going in circles and going in circles. And God is saying, that's because you've been driving. And I want to take you where you've never been before. It's time to go off-road. It's time to let Him drive our lives. If you're not living a life of adventure, you say, really? Adventure as a Christian? At eight years old, I gave my life to Jesus. At 19 years old, I gave my destiny to Jesus and I accepted my calling to ministry. And when I got up from praying and saying, Lord, I will, I'll go where, you know, you're driving. 
You're driving. You, you, you're in control. No longer will I want what I want. I want what you want. That needs to be my dreams. I had no idea what I was saying. I had no idea what was in store for me. And if God had showed me, I probably would have quit at that moment. But when I moved over and I threw him the keys and said, okay, you're in control. You say, keys? Yes, he holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He drives. I'll never forget, all of a sudden, I'm traveling the country. And I thought that was pretty cool. But next thing I know, I'm stepping off at 22 years old off a plane in Athens, Greece. That was pretty awesome. Next thing I know, I'm coming back home and I'm going to Canada and staying out in Canada. I'm traveling all over. That was cool. Next thing I know, God brings me to a little town called Jessup, Georgia. And I pastor my first church there for three years. Next thing I know, God brings me full circle to a town I've lived in as a little boy but never even dreamed that I'd ever come back to pastor or more or less live to pastor. And that's trying. And as he was in the driver's seat, he began to show me dreams and visions and plans of what he wanted to do. And when it didn't happen right away, I wanted him to move over and let me get behind the wheel because I can get us there faster. And the more I would try to drive, the more further away I would get from the destiny God had. But my friends, I got news for you. A few years ago, I threw back the keys to the Lord and I said, it's yours. And where you want to lead, I will follow. Where you want to take me, I will go. Because God, it's worth the journey. Folks, it is worth the journey if you'll let God drive. And he's still got great things. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. If you will right now, especially the young, especially the teenagers in this room, if you'll let him drive your life, you've got an adventure before you that you will never, ever experience if you try to take yourself somewhere by yourself. It's not good enough just to get into heaven. Really? I want him to drive. I want to be driven of the Spirit. This morning, my challenge to you is simply this. If that is you, if something in your spirit has been waking up during this sermon, during this this talk, and you're saying, Pastor, it's time for me to let God drive then I want you to just start come. I no no secretism, no 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 little eyes head bowed, eyes closed stuff. No, uh-uh. right now, if God's just dealing with your heart, you're saying, I need God to drive my life. I need God to drive our marriage. Come on, some of our couples in this room. I need God to drive my marriage. I, I, we've been trying to drive, and we're making a wreck of things. I, I, I need God to drive my career choices. I need God to drive my friendships. I, I'm making a wreck of things. I, I need God to take control because I'm wanting to take me there and I can't get there on my own. I need God to do it. If you're ready for God to drive, then you need to get to this altar. You need to do it now. You need to do it now. Do it now. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's some others. You need to do it now. I'm ready for God to drive. I'm ready for God to drive. I'm ready for God to take control. If that's you, come on. Come on. There's some others. There's some others. The Lord's wanting to deal with us tonight. He's wanting to deal with our hearts. He's wanting to say, hey, I'm ready to do something great in your life. But you've got to let me drive. 
You've got to let me drive your relationships. You've got to let me drive your decisions. You've got to let me be in control. And I have to be fully in control. Listen, he is not going to be the backseat driver in your life. He'll just get out the car. He's going to take the wheel or, or nothing. He's going to take control or nothing. And Jesus immediately was what? Driven by the Holy Spirit. If the Son of God allowed the Holy Spirit to be in the driver's seat, why should we do it as the body of Christ? Because He, he set that example. There's some others need to come. Come on. We're, we're trying to make our plans happen. We're trying to make our decisions happen. We're trying to make our way happen. And we're failing everywhere we turn. I'm here to tell you, now it's time to let God take control. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.